Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is SENZ Breakfast. Uh, I would normally say with Izzy and Ricardo, but as we all know, Izzy is doing his Homer Simpson impersonation and is on the donut at the New Zealand Open. He tees off in the Pro-Am at around 5 to 9 this morning. We will have him on the blower at about 20 to 8, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, And that means, off the bench, Hammy's well and truly stretched. Mitch McClanagan, good morning, bro. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, well off the bench. It's been a long time. <laughs> no, but it's always good to walk into the studio, mate. Colin Munro's banging it on the TV, 61 off 34. So still got it. So that's a, a nice thing to walk into this morning. Yeah, playing in the old PSL for Hess's team, which brings the question, why didn't Hess select him more when he was the cricket coach in New Zealand? <laughs> He's got him in his team. I, I think we probably need to correct that. It's uh, Colin Munro's team. Oh. Hess, Hess inherited the head coach role right, this year. I see. So... That's that's the way around. So, so we'll see who who's who's there after this year. I was going to say Munners is shopping for a new team. Okay, <laughs> um, good to know, mate. Good to know. It has been a while. What have you been up to? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, a lot of commentary um, yep. since I saw you last at the ICC World Cup qualifiers, which is good fun. Um, did a bit of coaching, um, some academy stuff, and just come back from the ILT20. Uh, you know, that rogue league that mm-hmm. David White said uh, will come and go, and now he's the CEO of. Yes, that <laughs> so, one. <laughs> that league. Uh, so I've been over there with Mumbai uh, and their team, Mumbai Emirates. And um, thankfully, uh, I was over there as bowling coach, and we walked away with the win. Nice. So Congratulations. First big comp and first first win. So. Is, is, um, is David White's son still playing in that comp? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, funnily enough, that was a... Um, that was an experiment uh, for young development, players' development, that only lasted one year. Right, okay. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Oh, good stuff. Uh, and uh, you've, you've you've added a, a new member of the family since uh, since last I saw you as well, mate. Congratulations. I, I have. I have indeed. Um, was obviously a bad man in my past life uh, because <laughs> I've had another girl, um, little Bronte. So she she was she arrived four weeks ago, mate. So she's all go at my house. Yeah, well, who needs sleep, eh? Well, yeah, we all need sleep. <laughs> Just not getting enough, unfortunately, yourself. A, a toddler and a one-month-old. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, add up perfect. to a lot of sleep, it's eh? It's great, isn't it? No, yeah, no, good, mate. Good, good, good. Been busy. Been busy as. Um, mine, uh, mine is 11, and I'm taking her first concert next month, so uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. How many guitars are going to be playing? Oh, lots of guitars. Okay. Lots of guitars. Yeah, she's uh, probably probably a little bit of my influence, but yep. she, she's very much her own person. But uh, she uh, she's a big fan of Hailstorm. I don't know if you know Hailstorm. No, uh, they're uh, similar to Taylor Swift, I'm sure. No, no, no. More more like I don't know, sort of uh, ACDC with a female lead singer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. So uh, Lizzie Hale. She's a big fan of Lizzie Hale. So she's all over that. 
Perfect. Singing, playing piano, doing the whole lot. Yeah, none of your influence there at all. None, none, none whatsoever. Hey, we should talk some uh, talk some sport though. Uh, coming up on the show, Zan Sullivan out of the Blues. I talked to him yesterday. Uh, we'll we'll play that out for you later on. And uh, Nick White, the Chiefs. Uh, Ford's coach joins us after seven. Izzy, as I mentioned, out of uh, the New Zealand Golf Open. Marcus Wheelhouse as well. Ryan Fox's coach, he's joining us after eight. No Foxy at the tournament, but he does uh, look after a couple of other players that are playing down there, so it'd be good to get his insight. And then Rob Wellwood for a love racing update before nine o'clock as well. So plenty to get our uh, teeth stuck into. Uh, let's get into our Adidas Golf Voucher giveaway with Who Am I? 100 bucks. Adidas Golf Vouchers for the new Tour 36024 from Adidas Golf, available now at adidas.co.nz. If you know the answer, 8833, the Temper Post text line. Here is clue number one. I played first 15 for Kings and won the 1A comp with them. I played first 15 with Kings mm-hmm. and won the 1A comp with them. Who am I? 8833, let us know. Correct answers are in the draw. We'll draw that before 9 o'clock today. Am I allowed uh, to say that they played in the Fords? Am I allowed to say that? Okay, you can say that. Okay, just throw it out there. Yeah, just playing to the Fords. All right. Mm. Um, now, uh, interesting, mate. We've got a uh, a, a few uh, – well, we've got a big test match starting today, obviously. We've got live coverage here from 10 o'clock. But so a few question marks. So no Devin Conway. Will Young comes in at the top. Uh, what do you make of that move? Uh, did they have any other moves? At the top of the order, no, probably not. I think uh, the guys on the A Tour are probably not quite ready. Um, Will Young's been in uh, brilliant form. He's been magnificent of late um, and deserves his chance. So unfortunately for him, he's that jig- uh, that little puzzle piece that moves around all the time, but it also just shows how highly he's thought of within that setup. And I think we've seen the class of him just recently, um, particularly in the one-day format of the game. So it's nice to see him get an opportunity at the top. Um, I think he'll do well. Um, he's always been that guy who probably could slot into that Kane-Williamson role once Kane finishes up. Um, but uh, all power to him today. Um, obviously, that poses the question, you know, do you bring another batter? And they've obviously brought Henry Nichols in, who's gone back to domestic cricket. And, and credit to him, he's, he's gone back and scored a lot of runs uh, in the one-day competition, um, was instrumental in them getting to the final and winning the finals. So uh, he's in good form. Do they play him? Uh, look, I think they're probably going to lean away from playing that extra batter. I think... Uh, Philip slots in at six. You got Blundell at seven. Mitchell's back, obviously, from injury, so he's in at five. So there's probably not a slot there with the way Rutchen played in that last test. So it probably gives him the option to play an all rounder at, at eight. Uh, who that is? Uh, is it Mitchell Satner? Do they play a spinner, um, or do they look at Scott Kugelon? Is probably the big question. Yeah, well, that's um, that is the question because I I read this yesterday uh, because Stead and and, and Saudi uh, fronted a press out and this grabbed my attention. Right, uh, since the start of two thousand, spin bowlers have averaged forty point eight four at the basin, pace bowlers thirty one point nine three. Southey said the presence of Ravindra and Phillips in the top six gives him some confidence that they have spin bowling options if they are to pick four seamers. Reading between the lines, Kugelon's playing, isn't he? Yeah, based off that, you'd have to think so. Um, and based off 
based on what we've seen in the last test, obviously with the retirement of, of Neil Wagner, they're probably looking for someone to come in and apply that enforcer role as well mm. against the uh, Australians. We've seen how successful Wagner was over the years against Steve Smith and Travis Head and Matthew Wade bouncing them out. So you're going to need a, a player who can do that role and, and Kugelon is that player. Um, he's probably been in better form than with the ball and Tickner and, and the likes. So it kind of makes sense. Duffy doesn't come into the equation if that's the role that they're looking for. Duffy's a genuine opening bowler. He's probably more a backup to Tim Southey in this setup. So if Southey was to go down, you'd imagine Duffy would be first in line for that role. But Kugelheim fits into that role of being able to, yes, bowl with the new ball, get a bit of swing. He's swinging it more than he has done in the last couple of years. He's a little bit more round arm than he has been in the past couple of seasons. Um, but he also possesses that skill to be able to come in and, and extract some bounce. And he does offer a lot with the bat. Um, he he's a good striker of the ball lower down and and is you know capable with the bat and and maybe that's maybe that's what they want to see they they don't want to play a Duffy or a, a Tickner who's who yes they can hold a bat to a degree but they're probably not going to contribute forty or fifty runs at the back end if the top order gets in trouble. Now this is our triple threat, our three big questions today. We kind of covered off question one, which was going to be how does Stead change the batting lineup to cover uh, Conway's injury. Um, but the uh, other question that I've got for you is we've got a New Zealand golf open on. Uh, tees off today. It's at Millbrook. Have you played Millbrook? Yeah, I have. Lovely course. Right. Cracking course. What are the dangers as a player playing Millbrook? I mean, I know, what do you play off these days? Oh, uh, four or five. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're all right, but you've you've played off what one, two in the past. Yeah, yeah been low. Yeah. So yeah, so you you're a player that could have maybe played pro am or even qualified. What are the dangers for a player like yourself going to Millbrook? What are the what are the dangers of that course? What challenges does it present? Well, probably specific to the New Zealand Open, probably the drinks they had last night is <laughs> <laughs> probably number one. Um, and for Izzy, if he has a bad round today, the drinks he's going to have tonight. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a little bit safer down there at the moment, I believe, because Baz hasn't been there, yeah. uh, obviously with his test duties. So a few sighs of relief, I, I imagine, from a few people. Um, but I'm sure those that are the off-course off dangers are, are high for the New Zealand Open. The course, the course is spectacular. Uh, the new nines that they've brought in, we saw that last year, uh, the remarkable course, um, beautiful um, into the landscape down there in, in Queenstown. It um, can be challenging driving. There's a few blind holes, um, but the, the greens are quite undulating. And, and if you miss the wrong tier on a few of those greens or, you're in the, or you end up above the hole, it's quite a tricky golf course. So... Imagine as the week goes on, it'll get more difficult. Let's just hope the wind's down for, for a few of the amateurs out there. But we're going to see some good golf. It's a, a, You say without Ryan Fox there, but it's still a really good field and, mm. and a strong Kiwi contingent. So looking forward to seeing the first round kick off this morning. Yeah, it's a really competitive field. We'll bring you score updates after they tee off as well uh, throughout this morning and tomorrow morning as well. Now, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but Scott mm. Kugeline. It's a, it's a bit of a head scratch for me, but uh, Stead told us, he was on with us earlier in the week, that he was selected ahead of Duffy and Tickner because he can bat eight. And then we got a couple of texts afterwards and got thinking about it, suggesting that, is that really what you want to base your bowling selection on, as to where the guy can bat? Uh, well, I guess kind of touched on it. It's whether they, whether they think that they're going to need that extra batter. Mm. against Australia 
you're looking at one of the best seam bowling attacks in the world. You get bringing them into New Zealand conditions where the ball will move around a touch. So there is a chance that you might not get through that new ball against Australia and you probably might need someone who can bat with a Tom Blundell or a, a Glenn Phillips or Daryl Mitchell towards the end. So um, tactically, I don't mind it. Um, if there was a bigger gap between Scott Kugeline Blair Tickner or Jacob Duffy in terms of skill-wise with the ball, then I think it'd probably come into question a little bit more. But I think they're probably going to be able to do a similar job with the ball. Because that's that was my next question for you on Kugeline. You've seen more of Kugeline than I've seen mm-hmm. of Kugeline. But my impression is very workmanlike, whereas somebody like Duffy has the ability to move the ball more. That's where I thought they might go. Or even potentially, if they're looking for a like-for-like with Jamison, uh, Doug Bracewell. He's got history against Australia. Yeah, look, Doug Bracewell's an interesting one, right? He um, seems to be the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket and um, forgotten by everyone but Stephen Fleming who took him over to the SAT20 comp. Mm. So he obviously still rates him. I think he's been quality domestically for, for some time. Um, you know, He, again, is probably in Duffy's shoes in terms of being a replacement for Tim Southey. Um, or Matt Henry at the top if they if they were injured. But they need that enforcer. Now Wagner's not there. They need someone to come in and hit the deck. So Scotty could probably get a tick in that. Yeah, what, what does he offer like with the ball? What does he do with the ball? Yeah, good question. Um, he's just He just came over to the ILT20 bowl with a new ball for, for the Delhi Capitals side or Dubai Capitals side and swung the ball a lot. So if there is um, a bit of movement in the air, um, he's been swinging the ball away. Uh, quite considerably. He's a lot closer to the stumps than he used to be. Um, so he is getting that movement towards the slips. So that's positive. Outside of that, he's just got a lot of ticker, um, a lot of heart and a lot of ticker. And he'll, he'll run in all day, like you say, workmanlike, but runs in with good energy, creates chances in test matches if, if the wicket does flatten out, which it can do at the base. And if you mm. get through that new ball, day two, day three, day four, better the bat, um, he can create ch- chances. He can extract extra bounce. So he actually slots into that side quite nicely in terms of a different option with the ball. Willow Rourke had a, had a great debut. Um, he can extract that extra bounce as well. Um, but uh, Kugeline can do those bouncer plans probably a little bit better than those other two. Yeah, it was a pity that Jamison's been ruled out because I was looking forward to him and, and O'Rourke having a crack at the Aussies together. I thought that would have been uh, that would have been damn good. It's interesting you talk about replacing Southie as as an opening bowler, you know, someone like a Duffy or a Bracewell, because from what I understand, a lot of the reason that Neil Wagner has retired is he's basically been told he's not fast enough anymore. But then Tim Southie's only bowling one twenty, one twenty five. So I mean, is Tim Southie? fast enough anymore or is it just because he's captain and a senior player that's been there so long that he's still in the mix <laughs> good question <laughs> good question look I think Tim Southey's there because he's got 376 test wickets uh, you know he's got a good 100 on on what Waggy's done um, he's got the experience yep he's the skipper uh, but his ability to knock the top off with the new ball is, is still um, the best in the country um, yep He's done, had a lot of his career. I watched he played 40 test matches with, with Bolton and Wagner. Um, they definitely contributed to his performances in the past, but I think he's still got that skill. He's still got that knack with the new ball to be able to, to take wickets at the top. So uh, I think Saudi will be able to write his own script. Um, unfortunately for, for Wagner, 
um, is in a position where he wasn't able to write his own script and and play his last game for New Zealand, which from my side is um, really disappointing. It would have been great if if they had have known that Wagner wasn't going to be part of this series and he was going to retire. It would have been great to see him walk out at the mount where his family is, um, you know, where the locals all know him and get around him. It would have been nice to see him finish there, or even at Hamilton, which is just a skip across the road. Uh, it would have been nice mm-hmm. for him to get that that real swan song uh, that he probably deserves. I mean, he's the fifth fifth leading wicket taker for New Zealand. Um, you know, it's only Bolt, Vittori, Hadley, and Southey above him. So uh, it's a man who probably deserved to to walk off in the whites, holding the ball up. It's not a bad it's not a bad um, mix of companies, in, is it? Ah, proper, proper, yeah, proper, proper company. Uh, so on that then, so Wags is what thirty eight and is retired because he obviously wasn't probably getting enough pace, generating enough pace anymore. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you reckon Tim Southey has got at this level? I mean, I, I expect at some point he will retire, but will continue to play T Twenty and maybe just go offshore and not have a central contract. That's kind of what I assume. I don't know, but you, you know, how long do you reckon he's got in say the Test arena and leading this Test team? I would have said that you could be right around that um, a couple of years ago mm. before this last master agreement was done. But the the contracts for the top players um, are quite significant now. Um, Saudi playing for New Zealand would be getting close to, if he played all the games, would be close to half a million dollars, mm. um, which now, from what it used to be, used to be, say, hundred and eighty to 200000 you know, the lowest Australian contract was getting more than our top contract. That was all the talk. And um, it's increased quite significantly now. So financially, I don't think Saudi is probably in a position where he needs to look overseas at the end of his career. He's making good money here. And, and it's that... It's what he wants to finish his career being, right? Does he want to go past Sir Richard Hadley? Does he want to get those extra... 50, 55 wickets that he needs to go past him. And, and that's probably two seasons. You know, that's probably two seasons worth of test matches to go past Sir Richard Hadley. So I can't see Saudi moving on anytime soon um, if the mm. body still holds up. Now, you talk about pace. Um, been having this conversation with quite a few players who are starting to age now. Um, I think Saudi probably needs to change the way he trains. It's one of those interesting ones. He's a runner. Yeah. He likes to run. Um, but as you get older, you, you probably need to shift towards a more power focus um, and to to get that extra bit of pace back so he's not in the position that Wagner seems to be in um, um, after, obviously, with this retirement. So Sally probably needs to start looking at his conditioning, changing his style of training so he can make sure he's bowling in the 130s consistently to, to be more of a threat and not have that hanging over his head. Well, you've been a, a guy that's bowled pace, right, in your time, um, your 140s or so. I don't know, did you ever clock 150? No, 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 not, no. not 150. No. no, 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 140s or so, though. You've you, you've, you've been uh, in the gym game as well with the old F45s, mm-hmm. uh, so you've obviously got your personal training ticket and everything. If you were talking to Tim, what do you tell him he needs to do training-wise? What, how would you try, ch- uh, change his training? I think as you get older, um, you lose power, um, you lose strength, um, and it probably probably needs to just get in and, and try and maximise his power and strength. So throw um, some Tim yeah. around. Well, no, it doesn't have to be. It's um, more trying to train instead of like a long-distance runner. Mm. Start 
incorporating a lot more sprinting, a lot more sprinter drills, a lot more of those kind of power exercises. Um, yeah, become a bit more of like a actual sprinter, a bit more of an athlete, and and that's how you get speed. Um, yeah, you can do the odd longer run, but I don't think with the amount of cricket that he's played, that's overly necessary now. Yeah. His body is what it is. It's pretty well conditioned for, for four-day cricket. Um, he just needs to work on that top-end speed a little bit more.